0: Welcome to Genesis, everybody. It's great to see you guys tonight. Uh, I hadn't planned on doing this, really, but I uh, would like to ask those of you that are getting ready to go back home. You're not going to be in Somerville or Charleston for a while. You're going back home because school has ended. Would you guys stand up if that's you? We're not going to see you for just a little bit. Okay. These guys. Hunter, Wiley. Yeah. Uh, Wait you guys, uh, obviously, like the rest of us, um, have summer coming up, and it's a it's an important summer. So, some of you guys that are near them, just lay your hands on them, and uh, we're going to pray over these guys. Um, and this this goes for you guys. This goes for for everybody else too. Um, God has a plan for you this summer. It's an important summer in your life. Uh, you're just finished for you guys just finishing your freshman year of college, but. Um, You know, there's no doubt that the enemy is going to set some traps for you this summer. And he's going to try to pull you into some of those old relationships or those old friendships. And even sometimes just going back to your old house and staying in your old room, it's easy to slide back into old habits and the old you. But you are not the same person that you used to be. Because God has done so much in your life this year. And although the enemy sets traps... Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So let's pray for these guys. Thank you, Lord, for Hunter and Wiley. Thank you for all the others that couldn't be here tonight and they've already gone home. Lord, we pray over them that they would be led by your spirit this summer. Lord, that you would use them to be a city on a hill uh, that cannot be hidden. Lord, we pray that they would take what they've learned and that they would shine your light Wherever they are, God, that they would set an example and that people would see Jesus in them. And Lord, we pray that you give them strength, that you give them grace, that you give them wisdom. Show them what steps they're to take because the steps of a righteous person are ordered by you, Lord. So we trust you. We pray protection and safety over them for them to have a blessed summer and a productive summer in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Thank you all. Also, uh, before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout out to a very special guy around here that happens to have a birthday tomorrow, and that's our own Pastor Mike Woodard. Stand up, Mike. Stand up. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Come on. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Okay, I always do that with them. i tell you what, um, Mike is, uh, Mike, you're just an incredible uh, guy, incredible minister of the gospel, and uh, we appreciate you because you've been faithful. And I know that Genesis has been through some transition over the last couple of years, and you have been this this pastor here that's just steadied the ship, and you've discipled so many people and spoken into so many's life. and. And God has used you in a really amazing way. And uh, I am grateful for our friendship. I'm grateful that, that you've been here and uh, that you're going to continue to be here. So we love you. Happy birthday, man. Okay. And thank you. Okay. Guys, uh, I, I'm so excited that it's now the month of May and we're starting a brand new series. Um, we just finished up Your Story. And I feel like this next month series flows Right out of that. And it's kind of a continuation in almost a way. It's kind of a next step. And so our series for May is Field of Dreams. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Field of Dreams, but it is a powerful film. It is one of my favorites. But I've, I've been wanting to do this series for for months, maybe even over a year, just wanting to do this series. And I, I can't I, I've never been this excited for a series. And so Every once in a while, there's a movie that comes along. And when you see it, it's just uh, it gets you emotional. Probably because there's something in that film that you can identify with, something that you you see yourself in that film somehow, and you see a situation that you dealt with. And um, some movies are just powerful. They're powerful stories because art imitates life, doesn't it? Uh, writers who write, they write from their own experiences and or the experiences of, of others that are close to them. And that's, that's kind of how they write. And so movies or uh, books or any kind of story that you hear, uh, it imitates our life. And I, what I love doing is I often love watching a movie and finding the truths in that movie. I really like to do that because God is everywhere. And, and God plants his word everywhere and God uses people and uh, i believe that god can speak to us in a number of ways i believe that you know we can we can obviously hear from god through his word we can hear from god through other people though and you can hear from god through maybe somebody else's song or maybe somebody else's poetry or maybe somebody else's story maybe it's a book that they wrote or a movie that they created and and god can speak to us in different ways and so i'm so excited to to introduce this this series, uh, I want to do a disclaimer though. This is not a Christian movie. This is not uh, a movie for Christians necessarily. Um, it's not it's not scripture. Okay, we're not taking any, we're not putting any movie or story above scripture. And so, uh, this movie isn't perfect. It's I think it's rated PG, but there's probably some some bad language in it here and there. So I'm, I'm not saying it's a Christian movie or anything like that, but I am saying just watching this film, you can take so many powerful truths and principles away from it. And so I um, want to show you a clip. And normally when you do a clip in church, it's like a real quick clip. These clips are going to be just a little bit longer because we want to give you an idea. We're going to be, we've got five Tuesdays in the month of May, so we're going to be going through this series. And we're going to be kind of playing like extended clips because we really want you to to get an idea of, of this story and. um Get a feel for it. So, without further ado, Field of Dreams.
1: My father's name was John Kinsella. It's an Irish name. He was born in North Dakota in 1896 and never saw a big city until he came back from France in 1918. He settled in Chicago where he quickly learned to live and die with the White Sox. Died a little when they lost the 1919 World Series Died a lot the following summer, when eight members of the team were accused of throwing that series. He played in the minors for a year or two, but nothing ever came of it. Moved to Brooklyn in 35, married mom in 38, and was already an old man working at the Naval Yards when I was born in 1952. My name's Ray Kinsella. Mom died when I was three, and I suppose dad did the best he could. Instead of Mother Goose, I was put to bed at night to stories of Babe Ruth. Lou Gehrig, and the great, shoeless Joe Jackson. Dad was a Yankees fan then, so of course I rooted for Brooklyn. But in 58, the Dodgers moved away, so we had to find other things to fight about. We did. And when it came time to go to college, I picked the farthest one from home I could find. This, of course, drove him right up the wall, which I suppose was the point. Officially, my major was English, but really it was the 60s. I marched, I smoked some grass, I tried to like sitar music and I met Annie. The only thing we had in common was that she came from Iowa and I had once heard of Iowa. After graduation we moved to the Midwest and stayed with her family as long as we could. Almost a full afternoon. Annie and I got married in June of 74. Dad died that fall. A few years later Karen was born. She smelled weird, but we loved her anyway. Then Annie got the crazy idea that she could talk me into buying a farm. I'm 36 years old, I love my family, I love baseball, and I'm about to become a farmer. But until I heard the voice, I'd never done a crazy thing in my whole life. What was that? What was that? That voice just now, What was it?
0: So We're going to leave it at that for now, and we're going to continue the the clips next week, but I just want to point out a few things. This is Ray Kinsella, and that's the beginning for him because this voice keeps coming, and it tells him a few different things, but uh, one day he has a vision as he's looking out in his cornfield. He has a vision of a baseball field, baseball, diamond, the whole thing, lights, and so he tells his wife, "I think I'm supposed to cut down our corn and build a baseball field." And he has this idea, this dream inside of him. Something is telling him that if he builds this field, then his favorite players, favorite baseball player growing up, um, his dad's favorite player ever, a guy who is long ago dead, shoeless Joe Jackson. He builds this field that Shoeless Joe Jackson is going to actually come back somehow and is going to get to play baseball again. And this is just like in his heart. Like he believes that he's supposed to do this. And so his wife doesn't hear the voice, does she? His daughter doesn't hear that voice. This is something that he just feels like he's led to do. And so he does it. So he cuts down his corn and he builds a baseball field. And they, they wipe out their entire savings account to build this field. And we're going to pull some truths out of this. One is that God is often going to call us to do things that are outlandish, things that are risky, things that seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. But he's going to put us in situations that really test us. And Sometimes you ask yourself, am I crazy for doing this? I remember when Christina and I were in Tulsa, and we had gone moved to Tulsa from Charleston, and we had left this church. We were junior high youth pastors for a while, and God delivered us out of that, praise God. And uh, it's just a joke. I loved being a junior high youth pastor, but we we moved back to Tulsa to be uh, internship directors. And when we got to Tulsa, that position wasn't quite open. And and we, uh, one of the guys that we looked up to, one of the pastors said, "I need and." Interim, inner city youth pastor. And I'm like, so you want me to help you find somebody? He's like, no, I want you to do it. I'm like, inner city youth ministry. And they had this youth ministry where they would send out buses all over the city and they would send them to project housing. Uh, Some of the worst neighborhoods in our city, crime infested neighborhoods, poverty, bad school systems, kids that are growing up, most of the time uh, with a single parent in the home or maybe uh, no parent in the home, living with grandparents, living with aunts and uncles. And we prayed about that. And for some crazy reason, we felt like the Lord was saying, do this. And that was one of those times where uh, like, God is going to call you to do things that really stretch you, things that, that make you go, this is crazy, And without God, there's no way that I could do this. But Christina and I did that, and we didn't do it on an interim basis. We we ended up doing that for seven years. And uh, we didn't fit. We we stuck out like sore thumbs. Um, There's nothing inner city about me or Christina. Um, But it just worked because it was a God thing. And God has a God thing for you. God has a, a plan for you that's not an ordinary plan. It's an extraordinary plan. And I think that we often want to stick with the safe things, but God wants us to get out there and make, take some risks and do things that are extraordinary. And why is that? Because God can get more glory from extraordinary plans than he can, than he can from ordinary plans. And God has an extraordinary plan for you. So one other thing that's that's interested. Interesting in this uh, clip is that this voice that says, if you build it, he will come, it's a whisper. It's a whisper, and his wife can't hear it, his daughter can't hear it, but it's this this whisper. And I I believe that God often speaks to us in whispers. There's a really cool moment in the Old Testament where one of the greatest prophets to ever live, Elijah, he goes up on a mountain, and he's just there, he's kind of waiting on on directions from God. And there's this powerful wind that comes by, but it says that God was not in the wind. And there's this powerful earthquake that takes place, but the scripture says God was not in the earthquake. And some other things happen, but in the end, there's just this still small voice, this quiet whisper. And God was whispering to Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing here? And you can go read the story. It's a a pretty cool story of what happens to Elijah. But my point is is that God often whispers to us. And if our lives are are real noisy, we could could miss the whispers that God has for us. So uh, there's two reasons. There's two reasons we may find it difficult to hear God whispering to us. In this time that we live in, there's a lot of noise. That's one major reason that we find it difficult to hear God whispering to us. There's noise in our life. There's so much noise. A lot of times we we uh, feel uncomfortable in silence. And like we get in the car and if it's just quiet, we'll turn the radio on because we got we to gotta have some kind of noise. And then uh, if we're sitting around and maybe are hanging out with some friends and the, our friends leave and we're by ourselves, it's just you know, we got to pull our phones out of our pocket. we just got to start scrolling through social media. We've got to start looking up things. There's just so much noise. We're distracted, and it causes us to not listen to what God may be whispering to us. Another reason is selfishness. We may not hear God whispering to us because of selfishness. If we're too focused on ourselves, how are we going to hear from the Lord? Because the Lord is often talking to us about him. He's often talking to us about others, and if we're focused on ourselves, we could miss the whisper that God has called us to, to hear. Also, he wants to, he wants to give us an extraordinary assignment, and if we're selfish, we're going to miss it because it's like, I don't want to build a baseball field. I don't want to you know, uh, use all my life savings to build a baseball field. That, that could potentially ruin my whole crop. This could this could change our whole dynamic. We could have to we might have to lose the farm. Make a baseball field, or how about a, an example that all of us know? I don't want to build an ark. I don't want to build an ark. Do you realize how long that would take? It took a hundred years. I don't want to do that. I'm not a I'm not a builder. I don't want to mess with animals. How could I tame these animals? How could they get them on the ark? Or Moses, I don't want to go back to Egypt. I escaped from Egypt. I'm a wanted man in Egypt. Peter, James, John, Andrew, they were fishermen. I don't want to leave my nets. I don't want to leave my fishing business. Things are going well for me. If we're selfish, we could miss the whispers that God is speaking to us. He is often calling us out into the deep, calling us into things that are uh, new to us. God wants to do a new thing in us, in you. God wants to do a new thing. He's, he's calling us into uncharted territory, unexplored territory. He's calling you to do things you've never done before, but if your eyes are only on you, you could miss it. It's getting more difficult to, to listen to God. It's even getting, it's getting difficult to listen to people in the world that we're living in. You ever, be, you ever talk to somebody and they're not looking at you in the eye and they're just their eyes are elsewhere and you know that they're not listening? Or maybe you've done that. Have you, ever, have you ever been in a conversation and somebody actually pulls out their phone and they start looking on their phone while you're telling them something important? Like that's so rude. We have a hard time listening. Uh, have you ever gotten a, a voicemail on your phone, and you looked at it after the voicemail came through, and it was like it's like a 90 second voicemail, a minute and a half? You're like, I don't have time for this. Or if somebody shares a video with you, and like I really want you to see this video, and you look at the YouTube thing, and it's like five minute video. It's like, who has that kind of time? I'm not watching this five minute video, and then you spend the next 20 minutes scrolling through Instagram. But it's hard, it's hard to listen in today's world. Um, there's this commercial that I really like. It's a Klondike bar commercial. And uh, it's this guy, what he has to do to get a Klondike bar is he has to listen to his wife for five whole seconds. So I, I love this commercial. Not because I identify with it in any way. I want to show you this. Two Klondike mint chocolate chip bars present five seconds to glory. Oh, wow. Mark versus actually listening to his wife. Beautiful, beautiful yellow squash. And I thought we could potentially paint our foyer yellow. What do you think? I know it's yellow. I know. So this guy. Thank you. Thank you. This guy has a hard time listening to his wife. I don't know why I find that so funny, Um, but it just is. But God gave us two ears and one mouth so we can do what? We can listen twice as much as we talk. Has anybody ever been told that when you were growing up before? Okay. The others of you, you guys were told that, but you weren't listening. So I guarantee you, somebody told you that. We need to be better listeners. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. God is talking to us. The whole Bible from cover to cover is about God trying to get through to his people. He's trying to communicate. He's trying to speak to his people. And we are in a new covenant. You know how God spoke to the people in the Old Testament? A lot of times it was his audible voice. And it was maybe one person at a time. It was somebody special. In the New Testament, we've got a new and better covenant. God gives us his spirit. And it's not just for one superstar prophet or leader. It's for all of us. And God is whispering things to us, but we have got to be better listeners. Why does God whisper? Why does he whisper? When you whisper to somebody, that person, they had lean in. To hear you. When you whisper to somebody, uh, a lot of times you call them over and you cup your hand to get like right in their ear so nobody else hears. And you get so close to them. And I think that's why God whispers is because he wants to be close to us. He wants us to lean into him. You're probably not going to listen to a whisper from some sketchy person that you don't know. Right? If some sketchy looking person says, come here, I got a secret. <laughs> and it's like, like uh, just tell me from where you're at. What is it? You know, uh, you're not going to lean into them. But, but God, see, he, he, he wants us to trust him. Because you people that you trust, these are people that you're close with. These are people that you have a strong relationship with. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to lean into him, to get close to him, and he whispers to us. And he will not usually shout over the noise in our lives. He is a jealous God. He he expects us to put him first. He's the top of our list. He is our number one priority. He is our first love. And so we need to get quiet so that we can hear him whispering to us. God's plan for us is to be good listeners. Jesus said in John chapter 10 that he said he's the good shepherd and his sheep hear his voice. He says that he will lead his sheep. That's God's plan for us. We're his sheep. He's our leader and we know his voice. In James chapter 1 verse 19, James tells the church, be quick to listen and slow to speak. That's a, that's a, that's a good reminder every single day. Kevin, are you being quick to listen and slow to speak? Or do you only want to get out what you have to say? Are you listening when somebody else is talking or are you just waiting until you can talk? Some people can't even wait until you're done. They just interrupt you. I hate being interrupted. Does anybody hate being interrupted when you're talking? I hate it because I know that this person, they're not placing any value on what I have to say. They're not listening. They just can't wait to talk. And often, that is what our prayer life can be like. What if God is trying to speak to us and we keep interrupting him? And we can be blabbermouths when it comes to prayer. And this and this and that and this and this. And, blah, 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 blah. and God is he, He's polite. He's a gentleman. And he's not going to interrupt us. Sometimes we need to get quiet. We need to be still and listen to God. The prophet Samuel in the Old Testament, his story is... Uh, in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. and 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, he's just this little boy, and he was a miracle child. His, his mom was originally barren, and the prophet Eli said, you're going to have a son. Let it be. Let it happen. And she got pregnant with the son, and she said, because this is a gift from God, I'm going to lend this child to the Lord. He's the Lord's. And so even as a young boy, he lived in the temple, and he served God in the temple, and he served the priest, Eli, And at night, you guys might have heard this story when you were growing up, but he's laying down and and he hears this voice, Samuel, Samuel, and he gets up. He thinks it's Eli, the priest, and he goes in, what can I do for you? I didn't say anything to you. Go back to bed. So he goes back to bed and it happens again, Samuel, Samuel. So he goes back to Eli again. He said, boy, I tell you, I did not call you. And it happens again and finally Eli goes, okay, I see what might be happening here. The next time you hear that voice, just say, speak, for your servant is listening. 1 Samuel 3.10. Samuel does exactly what Eli tells him to do. And the Lord came and stood, calling, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. That's the kind of attitude that we need to have when God is trying to whisper to us when God is trying to speak to us, we need to quiet the noise in our lives and just say, speak, Lord. Your servant hears. Your servant is listening. What do you want to say to me? Because whatever you say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be faithful. If we aren't careful, we can miss what the Lord is trying to speak to us. Um, In John chapter 12, there's a story where Jesus is speaking, and, and he says, he prays this prayer. And Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. And there's a voice that comes from heaven, an audible voice of the Father. And God says, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it. And the people that were standing near Jesus when this happened, they, they said, it's, it, it, was a th- it was thunder. Did you hear that thunder? What was that? That was, that was weird. That was different. But other people thought that they heard an angel. The angel spoke. They didn't know exactly what he said. But Jesus tells these guys, he said, this voice, it didn't come for me. It came for you. This voice, this voice was for you to hear. And they just missed it. It's thunder. It's an angel. Somebody's moving a big boulder in the house. Somebody's moving a piano. Some, something's happening. I don't know exactly what it is. The voice was for them, and they just missed it. And that could be us if we're not careful. God could be speaking to us and was like, what? huh? I told you guys a, a, a while back about a, a milk truck incident that I had. And I'm not going to go into that story because it's a long story. But if we're not careful, we can miss what God is trying to speak to us. Another reason that we may not hear God's whispers is that we're not available. We're not available. Um, and I don't necessarily mean that we have this attitude that I, I don't want anything to do with God. I'm not talking about that. But maybe we can't hear him because our hearts just aren't in the right place. Maybe our hearts are not in the right place. And we need to tune in to what he's saying. There's this really interesting story in Scripture. It's in Mark chapter 11. I encourage you to read it later. It's interesting. It's um, but in Mark chapter 11, there was these uh, scribes and elders and some of the Pharisees, and they're coming. They're always trying to catch Jesus in a trap. They're always trying to get him to say something that's going to incriminate him. And so they come to him and they say, we have a question for you, because they had come up with this brilliant question, like we're going we're to finally catch him. And they said, uh, by what authority are you doing these things? Because Jesus was doing miracles. And he says, or, or who gave you this authority to do the things that you're doing? And Jesus does something that's very interesting. He says, well, I will ask you one question. And if you answer me, then I will tell you by what authority I do these things. So he says, the baptism of John, John the Baptist, his cousin. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it from man? So all these guys, they're like, uh, we'll get right back to you. And they they go over and they huddle up and they're like, what are we going to say? Because if if we say that it was from heaven, then, you know, we're going to, we're going to, he's going to say, why didn't you do what John told you to do? But if we say it was just from man and it wasn't from God, then all the people are going to get angry at us because the people loved John. So we're kind of trapped here. You know, we tried to trap him. He ended up trapping us. So here's their plan. They come back to Jesus and they go, okay, um, we don't know. That's the answer. That's what they came up with. We don't know. And so Jesus says to them, okay, well, if you didn't answer my question, then I'm not going to answer your question. So maybe this story applies to us too, though not because we're trying to trap Jesus, but maybe if we want our questions answered, then we need to answer the questions that Jesus is asking first. Maybe we're coming to God and our hearts are are focused on us and we have all these questions for Jesus, but maybe Jesus is saying, what about the questions I've asked you? Why don't you answer some of the questions I've asked you? And then I'll answer the questions you're asking me. And uh, I just looked up some of the the questions that Jesus asked. He asked a lot of questions. You'll find, I think, around 135 questions that Jesus asked. But I pulled out a few because I think there's something really powerful about the questions that Jesus asked. And I'm going to read off a bunch of them to you. This is what he said. This is what he asked. Why do you worry about clothes? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Why are you so afraid? Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Why did you doubt? Do you still not understand? Who do you say that I am? What is it you want? What do you want me to do for you? Have you never read in the scriptures? Why are you thinking these things? Why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Where is your faith? And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day? Will he keep putting them off? When the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Do you want to get well? Have I not chosen you? Why is my language not clear to you? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Do you not understand what I have done for you? Don't you know me, even after I have been among you such a long time? Is that your own idea, or did others talk to you about me? And do you love me? Those were the last questions that Jesus asked Peter. Do you love me? And I think he asks us that. Do you love me? And he whispers that to us. He whispers some of these powerful questions to us. Where, where is your faith? Why did you doubt me? I love the questions that Jesus asked, but maybe we need to answer some of his questions before he's going to answer our questions. Let's have the attitude of Samuel and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I want to give you, just close with these three things. There's three ways, if you're taking notes, three ways We can lean in to God's whispers. Number one, it's very simply, be quiet. Just be quiet. Don't talk all the time, not even in your prayer time. Just be quiet. Get in some solitude. Jesus often withdrew from the crowds of people. And he was by himself, just like Ray was in that cornfield, all by himself, and there was a voice that whispered to him. That's that's us. We need to, to get alone in solitude. We need to be quiet and we need to listen. Number two, be available. be available. The best ability that you can give to the Lord is your availability. God uses people who are available. People who, like Isaiah, say, here am I, Lord, send me. When God's call went out, Isaiah volunteered. Let's be volunteers for the Lord. Let's be available. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So are we available or are we too busy to serve? Are we unavailable? Number three, be focused on him, not you. Be quiet, be available, and be focused on him, not you. Selfishness is the other thing that causes us to miss out on God's whispers to us. How are we going to hear God whisper to us how we're gonna make an impact on others if we're thinking about ourselves all the time? God has something that he wants to whisper to you. He has an extraordinary plan, an assignment for you that he wants to whisper to you, but you're gonna miss it if your eyes are just on you. So be available be quiet, be focused on him and not you. When you go into your quiet time with the Lord, I know you've got your requests and that's fine to bring those to the Lord. That's that's a part of what we're supposed to do. But also just be quiet and listen and be focused on the Lord. What is he saying? What does he want? What does he want to do? Let's pray. Lord God, we're so grateful that you count us worthy enough to whisper to us, to speak to us. We're so grateful for your Holy Spirit, Lord. I'm grateful that you have a plan for us, like Jeremiah 29, 11 says. You have a plan that's good. It's not evil. It's a plan to prosper us and not to harm us. A plan for a hope and a future. And you said that when we seek you with all of our hearts, we're gonna find you. And so, Lord, that's our That's our goal. We're seeking you. And as we go into summer, I know that this is a different time. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of possibilities, a lot of different paths we could take. But, Lord, our plan is to seek you and to seek you with all of our heart. We ask you that you speak to us. We ask you that you show us what our assignment is for summer and beyond. We ask to be sensitive to your spirit that we would have ears to hear. And I pray for all of my friends that are here tonight. Give them ears to hear, Lord. I pray that they would have the attitude of Samuel. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And God, together we repent of all the noise that's in our lives. We repent of all the distractions. And God, we choose you we choose to get alone with you. We choose to get in your word. We choose to be quiet and to be listening to you. Whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do it. In Jesus' name. We're going to go into just a, a time of worship. One more song where you could just we can respond to what God is speaking to us. And uh, if God has been speaking to you to, to press into Him more to seek Him more, to get quiet and get rid of some of the noise. And I want to just invite you to stand up on your feet and worship Him tonight.